especially as working women, we have to like hide the fact that we also have this whole life outside, right? You can't, I remember, you know, being embarrassed that I had to leave meetings early to go pump, right? To leave early to pick up kids from daycare. And there's all these things that women hold so much shame around. They have, they have to do it. Somebody has to do it, but also don't look like you don't like your job enough. Don't look like you're not working as hard as your male peer. And I think this has given us permission to just normalize humanity. From CEO School, it's Wine Down Wednesday. Pour yourself a drink and join us for CEO Happy Hour as we share the messy behind the scenes, straight talk, and real-world advice to help you level up in leadership and in life. Cheers. This episode is sponsored by The Club, a quarterly box and digital monthly community to help you level up in leadership and life. Learn more today at join.theceoschool.co slash the club. Welcome to today's Wine Down Wednesday. We're so excited to hang out with you today and talk about some of our biggest lessons. So it has been one year since a lot of people experienced the worst week. (laughs) When everything shut down, it's been the one-year anniversary of something really bad happening for pretty much the entire world. And so we wanted to talk about what, we made it a year, what are some of our lessons and learnings along the way? I'm so excited to be here with you today, Shannon, on Wind Down Wednesday. We don't get many opportunities to both be in the room, so I'm honored to be in your presence today. Uh, And it kind of almost comes full circle for me because I remember, I think that week, so one year exactly ago in March, the world literally shut down, everything crashed. I remember like the stock market going down, everybody was sent home from work, it was like lockdown. And I remember picking up the phone and calling you and saying, I just sent all my employees home. I don't know what's going to happen. We had this event that we were planning. So we were planning our first treat together and we're like, we're going to have to cancel what's going to happen and what do we need to do? And then you and I just like got ourselves together. Like we had a moment of uh, frustration and uh, we were scared and kind of talked through it and said, what are we gonna do about this? And if we're feeling like this, then I bet everyone in our community is feeling like this. And so that night I said, let's, we said, let's go on Instagram live. And we hadn't done a live. Um, and we did an Instagram live that night, just welcoming everybody to, to just talk about what was taking place and the unknown. And it was just such a beautiful experience that took place in such a dark time. So it really comes full circle for me today, knowing that it's actually been a year since the start of the pandemic and that it's been, ladies, a whole year, an entire year has passed in this, I'm air quoting, new normal. And now this is the normal. And I don't think we thought that that night that it was going to last how long it did. No, I mean, and we all, I think, had the mindset of, you know, in case things are shut down for a couple of weeks. I mean, the idea of closing your business or sending your employees home or not going to work for a couple of weeks was just mind-blowing to all of us at the time. And now here we are a year later. Not only did we make it through, we pivoted, we've made adjustments. Like if you're listening to this, you survived, (laughs) you made it. I went out with a good friend who owns a salon. I was like, you did it. You know, if you can conquer this, you have to shut down when salons can't even be open and you made it through. So overwhelmingly, I hope that you take a minute right now to just pat yourself on the back 
congrats. You made it through the hardest year that collectively I think we've had to experience as you know, humans in this generation and you made it out the other side. And we wanted to kind of take a minute and talk about what were some of our lessons and learnings. I think a quote that I come back to is, I'm not who I was a year ago. And that brings me so much peace. And when I think back to where we were at as a partnership, as individuals, it's so beautiful, the growth that we've had. And I just I want to honor, honor you, Sanira, for that, honor myself, honor every single one of you listening that you have grown in so many ways this year. So let's dive into it. Sanira, you want to tell me your top three lessons that, let's just start with the first one. What's the first lesson okay. that you've learned in the past year? So much has changed this year. And you're right. And I love that quote, Shan. That's so beautiful um, and eloquently said that I, I'm not the same as I was a year ago and I am at peace with that. And I am really proud of the growth that has taken place. And I honestly don't think that that growth would have happened if circumstances had been exactly the same. So first lesson that I'm going to say um, that I learned this last year is letting it go, just letting it go. So if you had been, have been following me on social for some time um, prior to a year ago, as you all know already, I'm overly productive as a human, but a year ago, I was even more productive if you think that I'm productive today. And I know that it's like, sometimes I think it's not physically possible, but I had this innate amount of pressure on myself for, um, that I put on myself that just like, wasn't needed. And something in particular, um, like if you watch my IG stories from the year prior to like 2019 IG stories versus where they are today, I would literally wake up at five o'clock in the morning, be at like, be at the gym, working out and getting home before six so that, you know, I can be home with my kid, like before like Mila, um, is, is up. And so I had this, all this pressure of like, just getting my day started super, super early and cramming as much as I possibly could cram in. And then even after I would be mom of the year and like go to work and do everything that I had to do, I never allowed myself time to just be. And I put more pressure on, like I was, I would read two books a month and I'm like, Oh, I have to like gain all this knowledge. So I can't watch TV. And like all of that, Shan, like went to shit. <laughs> like all of it. Well, I remember. Shit. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I met you, you traveled at least twice a week to go to like speak somewhere. I mean, that is intense. I remember looking at you and just thinking, this is the most productive human I've ever met. Um, I hope you don't feel any pressure for me to keep up because it's not in my personality. And it's been really fun to watch you reprioritize truly and shift your priorities and say no. I think a lot of us as women feel so much pressure to just say yes to every opportunity. And you feel this, like we have to stand up and represent other women, but that doesn't mean that you have to, you know, say yes to every single thing that's come your way. So that's been fun to watch. No, it's You are a new woman. I am a new woman. I have Netflix in my life. Like I literally ladies, like I'm not joking. I like barely watched an hour of TV an entire week. And I think I just finished the entire season of Bridgerton this weekend. Like, uh, and we're not saying that I, it's all oh, like, so good, I know. but I will also say like true confession style. I don't think, I think my average wake up time every week is 7am and I love it. And I love sleeping in and I love like just not being able to have that commute anymore. There's so many things that has just like really helped me think through even from a time standpoint, but you're right. It's really a reshifting of priorities. And what I will say, it's not that I'm actually any less productive. So I'm actually still extremely productive. I'm running two businesses. Now. I did, I, CEO school hadn't even started and I've been able to add that into my life. So I'm actually more productive, but Shannon, it's that ability to say, 
to say no to the things that aren't a priority and really just putting priorities on my schedule, not putting everything on my schedule. So lesson number one for me was just- Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Putting priorities. Yeah. Putting priorities on your schedule, not just to do on your schedule. Yes. Okay. What's lesson number two? Oh, okay. I'm going to go next. Okay. Uh, The second lesson I have is that I didn't need it in the first place. Okay. So what I mean by this is- I was running an organization that we were together all the time. Like everybody would show up at a certain time to the office, like eight o'clock. Um, the culture was very in-person and, and we're a technology company, but we, and we still like barely operated on zoom because everybody was there. We had remote offices, but very little. Um, most of our employees were all in, in Orlando. And so we had this, um, like we were tech But still, we like didn't, we were never remote. Every meeting was in person. Every meeting was long. Every meeting was whatever uh, priority. And so something that I realized is that um, when we were forced to actually go digital, we did it so effortlessly because we are a tech company and it was easy. We had all the tools and that our customers didn't like also adjusted to that. My partners, all the people that I was traveling to, I was on an airplane every single week because I thought I needed to be there to shake hands in person, to say, I thank you for your business. I'm so excited to partner. Thank you, Mr. Investor. Thank you, thank you, board. A lot of misters actually. Thank you, Mr. Board. Thank you. <laughs> okay, we'll go there another. A lot of misters. We're gonna change that in 2021 too. But it's not, it wasn't needed. You know how many we've actually signed 50 partners last year. We actually scaled double our revenue. We signed twice as many customers. Like none of the in some ways you can do more. Yeah, yeah. it's not needed. Unnecessary. It's not needed. And so that yeah. was lesson number two. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think as a general rule, all of us have been cutting, right? There's so many things, you know, unnecessary meetings, unnecessary. I think of all of the commuting time I spent back and forth to kids activities. Like we've all really condensed, okay, what are the most important things? And I, this makes me think of when I was, I don't know if this example will help people, but when I was working as a personal trainer, I had to, you know, there was 30 minutes in between appointments to drive to different people's homes and do all these things. And the minute I switched to a digital model, that time is gone. And suddenly you have four times as much time and you can sell and produce that much more. And so in some ways it's forced all of us to be more productive without the stuff that nobody likes. Nobody wants to make small talk and drive and travel. I mean, we want to do it for the things we're excited about. So I love that. And I didn't spend the year shaking hands with misters, but I can definitely relate and resonate to really just winning that time back. Okay. Lesson number three. Okay. This is going to be so cheesy. Okay. But lesson number three is really to stop and smell the roses. I, I mean, what a year it was a beautiful year with our family. And I'm really grateful for that. And I think most everybody listening here can also feel that that same way that we were forced to really choose the people, um, even forget like early pandemic, right? Early pandemic, you're like just with your immediate family. And then ask things like this entire year, it's not like we've been out at events or with a large group of people. So you really had to be really intentional about even your own circle of who's in your circle and spending quality time with the people that really, really matter to you. And I mean, as a mother, I missed so much of my kids' lives, both my kids' lives, building this business. Truthfully, I've sacrificed so much of their early childhood years that I'll never get back that I have so much guilt around. And I will say that the pandemic really allowed me an opportunity to be with my kids, be with my family, and it allowed the world 
to also including all the men that, that it wasn't part of people's cultures and organizations. And I, I saw men with their kids were running around in zoom with their background playing Nerf guns and people were like being forgiving about dogs barking and people being forgiving and empathetic about the environments that are taking place, which isn't anything to be forgiving of. It's just the normalcy of life that we as women had to really apologize for prior. So prior to that, if I had a conference call and my daughter was crying in the background, that was so unprofessional. Right. And I remember, you know, avoiding and going different places to say, oh, if, even if I were able to work from home, that they couldn't be around me. And I think that this last year, I really got that time back, which I'm so grateful for. Um, and I got, I got a lot of time with my dad extra that I'm really grateful for. But also, it's really cool to see the corporate world, the professional world, the working world, the entrepreneur world embrace the crazy humanity, humanity. And I'm really excited of what that holds for the future there. So those were my three lessons. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think especially as working women, especially as working women, we have to like hide the fact that we also have this whole life outside, right? You can't, I remember, you know, being embarrassed that I had to leave meetings early to go pump, right? To leave early to pick up kids from daycare. And there's all these things that women hold so much shame around. They have they have to do it. Somebody has to do it, but also don't look like you don't like your job enough. Don't look like you're not working as hard as your male peer. And I think this has given us permission to just normalize humanity. And the fact that, yeah, there might be a child that comes in because, oh, you're a human who has children and the same for your husband. And, you know, if your cat comes in, it just makes, makes us more normal and human. And something that came to mind as you were talking about that, um, there's a quote that I saw about instead of telling people to be more professional on social media, maybe we should normalize the fact that it's not our job to be professional 24 seven, that we're humans. And I think that there's been a really big shift in the workplace that it's not, you know, you go to your nine to five and you put on your starch suit and you're a robot for eight hours a day. I feel like we've really embraced humanity. So I agree. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. And I'm excited to hear about your lessons. I'm sure some of them intertwine. Um, not at all. Not at all. Okay. Very cool. These are those moments I'm like, we don't even, we don't even see the world the same way. And I love it. I love that. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So Shannon, tell me about three lessons. Let's start with number one. What was your biggest lesson that you took away from this last year? Okay. So lesson number one was stay true to the vision, but flexible on the details. So when I look back on everything we've accomplished in CEO school this year, it was about a year ago that we were having these conversations about what it could be and what we could build. And it's fascinating to look back and realize that we did exactly what we said we were going to do. But in the moment, it always felt like we had to kill products or we were pulling things out of thin air or we were going really fast and, you know, just kind of like throwing things together. But because we had this vision of a membership and courses and this like 2.0 program, we were able to make it happen, even though it's not at all the way we thought we were going to a year ago when we talked about doing it with events and, you know, the club looked very different. And so that's something that I feel like you've really helped me to, when you commit to something, you follow through. And we committed to this vision and this goal and how we got there was super flexible. It was super flexible. And I think sometimes we as entrepreneurs, and I'm going to say, especially female entrepreneurs, if something doesn't work out the way you plan to, you can personally feel like a failure. Like there were definitely moments that we felt like, and I hope that's okay. I'm going to speak for both of us. I feel like there were definitely moments we felt like this is not working. We're failing. The pandemic is like making it the vision impossible. And when you have the kind of self-awareness to step back and say, okay, everyone's dealing with this. And this is the conversation I felt like we had a year ago. Okay, this is how it's going to be. 
Maybe it's going to be done in two months. Maybe it's going to be done in, by the end of summer. Never in a million years do we think we we're going to be having this conversation a year later. But here's still the vision. What do we need to adjust and be flexible so that we can get to where we want to go? I love it. And you're so right. And it's such an important thing. It's not all about the detail and it is about the journey. Right. And we got here and I appreciate, um, all the flexibility that you showed as well. I mean, it's not easy. It's just, wasn't easy. It was so challenging, right? Like you, you have a plan, you feel like you have it all figured out. And then the plan's like out the door, right. Until your plan changes until you get punched in the face. And we got punched in the face, like literally quite frankly, punched in the face and pivot is such an important part of business. Uh, and being able to take what's good. And actually, honestly, I believe we actually captured more opportunity by uh, what took place and us staying focused. And instead of it being events, we took our events to this, to the podcast. The podcast was literally a pivot that took place in lieu of the speaking opportunities that we were creating and saying, how can we actually bring it to the masses digitally? And that's how the, the podcast happened. And look at that. And so I'm so proud of our success. I'm so proud. I know we're not, we're like, the, this episode isn't about us cheesing on each other, but I do want to cheese on Shanna. We don't bit. get too often. I know. I know. This is so fun. It has been such a journey and it's just, it's just so nostalgic to go back a year from now to say, wow, look at what we've accomplished. We put hundreds of women last year through starter, like hundreds of women. We put hundreds, we put multi-dozen, almost a hundred women through the mastermind as well. And then 2.0 was a beta. Like that was like a, a, a brainchild that we put, you know, six women through the ringer for 90 days, poor women who uh, we love you guys who went for, to our first 2.0 class of 90 days. We crammed all of the information that is now a nine month program podcast, the social. But when you think about it too, I want to like talk about the impact of that. I mean, our students, the women in our classes, whatever you want to call them, these incredible female entrepreneurs, they generated millions of dollars in revenue last year. Millions. Yes. And I think that that's like, it's not about you. And when you show up in your business and we're patting each other on the back, which by the way, we should be doing and taking credit for, for the hard work that we put in. But when you show up in service, it doesn't matter when the plans fall out the window. And if you know, you have to shut down and change and do things. If at the end of the day, you're still able to create that impact. I think that you've again, really helped me with this, just kind of coming back to your why and staying true to that. And there were so many times it was so hard, but we pushed through and look what our community was able to do because of it. It's such a beautiful thing. And I'm so proud of them as well. Shan, okay. What is lesson number two? Okay. Lesson number two is hands down the power of online communities. And I think before the pandemic, so I've been doing this a long time. I've been running an Instagram account and selling digital courses for about seven years now. And it was always this cool space, but something that happened when all of a sudden we didn't have anything else right? I, I saw the true value in creating digital spaces for women to connect. And there were so many ways that I was poured into in other communities and problems that I was struggling with. And I was able to connect with people all over the world. And I really felt this deep responsibility. Uh, and if you were a, a digital influencer, I'm sure you felt this this year, just a deep responsibility to be friends for people in a time when they didn't have friendships to be emotional support for people in a time where they couldn't go, you know, sit across from someone and have emotional support. And that was so powerful to me because it taught me an opportunity that we were already sitting on top of. Sometimes you're sitting on gold and you don't even realize it. I think this for me was, this is the future of connections. 
it's starting digital first. And yes, you should take these digital connections and bring them to the real world and, you know, creating hybrid opportunities. But last night I went to dinner with my dear friend who was visiting from Bogota, Colombia. And that's a connection that I made on the internet. And five, 10 years ago, that was weird. I think now it's very normal and it's going to continue to allow us to just spread information, create change, create, I mean, social activism is something that's very important to me. And just the true power of digital communities, even if you don't want to start a digital business, it is so incredibly powerful. And I really felt a responsibility to step up and step into that. Well, I think you definitely filled that responsibility this last year. And that is something that I remember so clearly of one of the reasons why we came together, right? We're like, it's just business. It's not online business and real business. It's just business. All businesses need to be online with a digital presence and it's 2021. And if you're not reaching your customers through social media, if you're not reaching your customers um, through the digital world, your business does not exist. So there's no such thing as a digital business or a regular business. It's just business. And I laughed that that was controversial a year ago. <laughs> like that was a new idea a year ago. And now it's like, well, duh, if you don't have a digital business, you're not still in business, you're not surviving. But yeah, I think that we just have, we're sensing, we're entering a new wave. Even here's an example. Evan and I went out to dinner the other night and we went to Bar Taco. It's a chain. There's a bunch of them all over. I don't know where you guys live, but it's one of my favorites. They have the best little jars of key lime pie. Um, So we went to Bar Taco and on the table, they have a menu you scan and you scan on the table, the whole thing. When you're ready for your food to come out, you put a card in, you don't interact with the servers hardly at all. And we had the best night of our lives. It was so fun. Nobody was interrupting our conversation. We just had this incredible experience. And we were thinking of how all these businesses have in 12 months revolutionized the way they do service. I mean, just everyone's added digital components in a way that just didn't exist before in such a fast sense. And I think it's really exciting to think, okay, if this is where we're at now, after a year of change, what's business going to look like five years from now? And that excites me. I'm not the same technology nerd that you are, but it excites me just the power and capabilities of what could the future look like. Yes. I mean, there's so much amazing change that took place and it was actually hard for many businesses to adapt, right? Because it was, it wasn't easy. And the ones that actually did adapt are the ones that survived. And that is also yeah. an important thing to note is that when change happens and it does punch you in the face and you don't have the plan, like you have to create a new plan. And that is really important lesson for all entrepreneurs that are listening is that you have to pivot whatever is going to come next. If it's, if it's not working, then change the plan. And that is how you thrive, not survive. And I think that those businesses that didn't make the changes, they didn't want to adapt. It's like, oh, it's only going to last a couple of weeks. It's only going to last another month. It's only, it's been a year and things aren't going to go back to the same. And it's unfortunate it for, I'm not trying to discount those traditional businesses. And there's, there's something great about that but it's also not going to be the future. And, um, so I think that your point you've made is, is so valid. Um, and it's expensive and it's hard. And I mean, it, it costs a lot of money to make these changes and you have to completely think in a different way. And so I just really want to acknowledge you listening. If you've been in this place where like technology was not a part of your business and you're making changes and making strides, that's, that's how you win. Agreed. Um, I'm actually going to, uh, I don't want to talk about technology. It doesn't have to be expensive. And I want to challenge those that think that technology is actually 
that technology is actually making things so much easier, faster, cheaper. If you're right. tools, because every tool now is so scalable. Most of them are even free or very little to start with tools and they are get more expensive as you scale. But in today's world, you can literally start a business by tonight. Like that didn't exist uh, five years ago. You can literally launch a store, create a shopping cart, take payment same day, like literally do everything in minutes. And so it doesn't have to be expensive, but you have to have that willingness in you to go learn something new. And that is definitely hard. All right. For our last and final lesson, I'm excited to hear what was the the big takeaway this last year, Shan? Probably the biggest takeaway was that there is literally never perfect time. And I think that we can agree that I would have never chosen to start a business with a new partnership in the middle of a global pandemic while I was homeschooling the kids. And, you know, this was not a good time, but from that we have stayed committed to our vision. And I feel like even outside of work in my relationships, you know, if you follow closely on social media, I recently just got another apartment in Atlanta about two hours from my husband. And I always felt like I had to wait until I had to wait until he finished his residency to really ramp things up in my business, to have the kind of life that I wanted to have. That's been a really hard emotional thing. It's so ingrained in me that, you know, I didn't really get to choose my timeline and I had to put the kids first and I had to put my husband first. And I, you know, had to put the business even in, in, in front of my personal needs, because it's what provided for my husband and my kids. And this year I really said, no, watch me. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to do what I need to do first. And it was a really hard decisions, um, but such beautiful like fruits of that labor. And so I think if you're in this season where maybe you were just really, I still feel like I only survived this year. I don't necessarily feel like I thrived, but the reality that there isn't ever a good time and you just make the best you can with what you have. And if you make decisions for right now, what's best for you right now, what's best for your vision moving forward, there's never going to be a time, I think, that you're going to say, oh, I'm so glad I waited and suffered three more years. I love that. And it's so true. And it's so true. I don't think that it was necessarily, I love that this was your lesson this year from the pandemic, but this is like a life lesson that I think every maybe grandma, like, I feel like I'm going to give that life lesson <laughs> on my deathbed, like my, my great grandchildren of being like, just go for it right now. Like there's never going to be a perfect time. Cause this is a lesson that, um, you just have to, you experience it. Like this is a lesson that you experience and you're right. There just never is a good time. And I think so many of us can sit here and relate with that. And for those listening, there's no better time than now. Like there really is no better time than now. And so whatever's on your list, whatever you have for the 2020 is gone. Right now we're talking about, we talked about the past. I, w- I want to em- uh, embrace us talking about the future. And this is such a great segue into the future with this new normal. This, is, this isn't, this is what life is. There isn't a new normal anymore. Like this is it. This is life now. What are you doing to really embrace the present today and to really seize the opportunity for what's ahead because there is so much opportunity everywhere and the market isn't as saturated as you think your um you know your there's not as many peers fighting for the same job as you think your boss isn't going to say no as you think like whatever it is that you're up against uh there's no better time than today and i encourage you to really think about that today I really want to make a case for why now is actually the absolute best time. Okay. Okay. 
So there's a lot of times I think we think back and think, oh, I wish I could have started a website when Jeff Bezos made a bookstore, right? Oh, I wish I could have been there on the early days of Instagram. I've heard that so many times when it was easy to grow. Or I wish I could have been there at some of these like pivotal changes that you want to be a part of. This is that moment right now. What's happening, everything's gotten shaken up. So everybody's been forced to change, which creates a really cool environment for new opportunities that didn't exist a year ago and aren't going to exist a year from now. So now is a perfect opportunity to really look around and say, okay, what needs aren't being met in previous traditional businesses? What new needs do we now have in this new world we've entered? You know, things are not going to go back to normal. And I think that's something that I've really started to sit with. Even if we stop wearing masks and the, the you know, everyone gets vaccinated, things are not going to go back to normal because it's going to, we've completely changed the way the world works. And that's a good, exciting thing, which means there's opportunity. And that's actually something my sister said to me the same day that we talked and did that Instagram live. I remember she said to me, you know, Shannon, yes, it sucks. I'm sorry that you're having to figure this all out from zero, but when there's change, it also means there's opportunity. And you right now listening have the opportunity to be the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth. And I actually don't need to be the first at anything I do. I'm comfortable being the fifth in the top 10, right? And I think that's something that you can look and see what are the patterns this year? What are the new opportunities? What are the new markets? And how can I really optimize on that? Because I guarantee five years from now, When I started on Instagram, I thought I was late to the game. There were already tons of people making six figures on Instagram and the term influencer didn't even exist. And I thought I was late to the game. And so I think that if you're sitting here thinking, oh, well, you know, all the businesses related to the pandemic already started, like, no, now is the time. This is the best opportunity. Jump in right now. I promise you won't regret it. I love it. I love that. And it it is so true. And even what I will add to that, kind of the thing that I was talking about with technology, it is a lot easier than you think. Like things were a lot different a couple of years ago. And with the advancement of how easy it honestly is to start things, you can literally get it up and running in little to no time. And even from a time commitment standpoint, so working professionals out there, I know we've got so many of you listening here. It's okay to have a side hustle. It's okay to spend time on the weekends on a passion project. It doesn't even have to be about money or generating. If you're passionate about a change and you want to do that, I am positive that your company will embrace it as long as you're within the boundaries of, you know, of your working professional, whatever relationship is with your employers, as long as you're doing your job, there shouldn't be a need if you're doing it on your own time. And I believe today, I believe in the side hustle economy. I believe in the gig economy um, that exists today. And it's a great creative outlet for you to at least go try and learn something and do something, whether it's the blog that you've been putting off or the a podcast that you wanted to even start or whatever that looks like, there's no better time than the present. And even for those working professionals that are working in organizations, find change in your organizations to do better. It's going to serve you better. It's going to serve your customers better. And most organizations today are entrepreneurial organizations. And what I mean by that is that they embrace entrepreneurship within their organizations. My idea with Fat Merchant, I took it back to my old bosses. I didn't try to go create um, a, a net new business. I was forced to do so because my ideas weren't embraced, but they could have very well run with it. And I would have been so happy to do it for my company because all I wanted to do was uh, solve that problem for customers. And so for those of you listening that are entrepreneurs, 
in your organization, stand up and be a voice for your customers, create that change. Um, there's no better time than the today, whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur. We're excited to see where 2021 takes us and beyond. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We want to invite you to follow CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible free resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building seven and eight figure businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you completely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, why you love listening, screenshot the review and email it to hello at ceoschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way. See you in the next class.